0: Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student-athlete and co-host. Ryan, jam, 2 man monster flush. Off the inbound, Ryan, jam, slam, jam. Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication, personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served... Thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at TeamAnders.com. Welcome to TFS pod number 74. And just a reminder you won't get 75 for two weeks as we take our first week off since this time last year. It's been a year. Uh, by way of intro, some kind of fun things for the week that we won't get to in, in the topics, which this week is four downs. How about the Pirates being no hit but beating the Reds, who are, meanwhile, the absolute worst team in baseball. Blue, an incredible outing by a rookie. He went seven and a third of it, and then the relief, the relief pitchers finished the rest. Reds lose one nothing. They no hit the Pirates. I had to look it up. I've seen varying frequency... Some say fifth, some say sixth, some say eighth ever of I think 317 no hitters all time. Like so, and in the first one since it's something like 2008 where a team that lost or that sorry that was no hit uh, won the game, which is just crazy to me. Um, not really sure how it happened, but it's probably pretty apropos that it was the Reds. Happy NBA Draft Lottery tonight. We'll see maybe going on here soon. The Pistons have an equal chance with, uh, I can't even remember who, Ryan. I don't know if you know. Magic
1: and the uh, Rockets.
0: To get the number one overall pick. The Red Wings had the best shot in the NHL. They didn't get it, so my guess is that the luck will go that way and the Pistons won't get it. Uh, NBA playoffs are going crazy right now. A couple of upsets. And, you know, now is kind of the time to maybe start to watch it, but we'll save that for a little bit later. Um, NHL playoffs are pretty pretty great. There were two game seven, I think, overtime wins the Calgary Flames and I believe the New York Rangers. Um, I'm telling you, we've talked about it here on the pod. Nothing beats game seven playoff hockey. Just You, you just can't beat it when it's a one goal game. Um, it's major season. We've got the PGA this week. And then, what, less than a month later, we got the U.S. Open. And then, yep. less than a month or so after that, you got the British, or AKA the Open. So golf has taken off in earnest and as we said, vacation calls, so you get a break from us for a week, and we get to just sit on the beach and soak up the sun and drink some beer, and that sounds damn good to me. All right, Ryan, enough of the intro. Let's get to the lectern. The podium is yours.
1: Well, I'll uh, I'll touch on something that you talked I think it was your podium last week we talked about how Michigan's kind of, you know, have that that obsession with Michigan State. They they say they don't, but they really do. They say they don't care, but they do. Uh, I'm talking about Braylon Edwards and whatnot. And this article came out Friday. This is really interesting. on 247 Sports from Michigan's Insider, titled, Jim Harbaugh asked defensive coordinator candidates to come to interviews with game plans for Ohio State and Michigan State and how to beat Mel Tucker and Ryan Day specifically.
0: Oh, but we don't matter. And us putting the score on the ring doesn't, yep, doesn't you know, matter. Why, do, would you, doesn't why are you matter. so obsessed with us? Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, he just yep. knows
1: that he's about to be 0-3 against Tuck. So that's why he's doing that. He knows that it's just it's not good for him in the state right now. But that's just that's so funny to me. They say they don't care, but they really do. It's just... it's. It's rent free, is what it is. Oh, We absolutely
0: heads. 100%. Since, 10 out of 14, Since the Mark, Mike Hart thing, Michigan State has mostly lived rent free in Michigan's head. And even the only times we really lost were with arguably some of our worst teams. So, inferior. Very. You know, and even teams. probably one of our worst teams, we still beat them. <laughs> Tucker's first year. Anyway, my podium. You know, I'm not a big fan of the NBA. I dig on the NBA a lot, but they got something right this week. They named the Eastern Conference Finals MVP Trophy and the Western Conference Finals MVP Trophies after the two goats, in my opinion, short, shy of MJ, of course. And that would be Larry Bird for the Eastern Conference, Magic Johnson for the Western Conference. Not all of our listeners are age, but the Lakers won five championships in the 80s with Showtime with Magic at the helm. I think Bird and the Celtics won three. Um, Those two teams went at it. You know, you sprinkle in the Pistons, and then as the 80s wore out and and you went to the 90s, then the old guard went over more to the Bulls. But those two, starting with what they did in the 1979 NCAA championship, which is still the most watched in history. um, It's about time that the NBA did this, but it's pretty cool. And I saw an interview with Larry Bird, and they asked him about it and got his reaction because it was kind of a blind reaction type of thing. And You know, of course, he was very honored by it, but he's like, I wish I would have gotten a chance to win win me one of them Magic Johnson MVP trophies. And Magic was on the other line, and the two of them just started busting out laughing. So talk about fierce rivals that absolutely have the utmost respect for each other, brought out the best of each other for the better part of a decade. Um, And, you know, probably shy of injuries and, you know, Magic with the Hiv, um, you know, I think it would have been... Uh, who knows even how many more years, you know, like if they were healthy. But that was back when basketball was basketball, right? Like, so we're at least going to honor the series MVPs now with guys, dudes that played basketball. MJ was probably the last of that. You know, Ewing um, and some of those guys, Reggie Miller, they kind of played that brand. And then you get into the 2000s and it became kind of marshmallow ball, in my opinion. And the, the only thing tough about it now is cheap shots. Now, you could argue that Bill Lambert, Rick Mahorn delivered cheap shot after cheap shot back in the day. I won't argue against that, but so did McHale, so did Parrish, so did Bird. But that was basketball. There was, you know, there was blood on the line. And the game is way too soft for my liking now. But I also gotta give a shout out at my podium, speaking of magic. It was 1980, so 42 years ago, yesterday in history the Lakers all but figured we were going to lose Game 6 to the 76ers in the NBA Finals, up 4-1 in Philly, Sans Kareem, who was uh, phenomenal that year. I think he was the NBA MVP. Uh oh, rookie Magic Johnson. Oh, let's just see. What did he do? Oh, he scored 42 points playing center, their usual point guard. Um, he had a near triple-double that game. I mean, just an unbelievable game, and that was following on the heels of a 38.11 rebound, seven blocked shot game with 101 fever. Magic, in my opinion, is right up there with Bird and MJ as the three goats of basketball. I'm glad they got this award or these awards named after them. It's about damn time the NBA did something normal and right. All right, Ryan, who are we teeing up this week? Yeah, this week, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go golf.
1: We're going to go Phil Mickelson, one of our uh, we talked in the past all-time favorites. Um, he's kind of losing that that um, that that look, that feel, luster. Um, yeah, his his reputation is going quickly, spiraling downward down the toilet. Um, Phil, he withdrew from the PGA. I think it was Friday afternoon. Took his name out. I don't know if that's because he just hasn't, you know. Had time to practice, you know, if he if conflicting things, Saudi crap. they
0: said he looked pretty bad. And when some people saw him playing at, you know, wherever he likes to play, play know kind of Saudi when he, um, stuff, downtime. if
1: he's like mental, I don't know, but it's not a good look. I mean, this dude just won, he was the oldest player to win a major championship last year, and he to at least show up and you know, maybe probably not make the cut, but defend that major title. I mean, you know, be honored. And he's not even gonna do that. And it just you know, sour. It's sour, sour grapes. You know, oh, yeah. With the PGA Tour, it's it's going. It's it's basically gone. It's nothing there really anymore. And you know, it's looking more and more guys are. You know, Ricky's even talking about maybe joining the Saudi whatever LIB whatever the hell it's called. Jack Nicholas got offered a hundred
0: million dollars to be the lead forward, and he said no. So <laughs> he doesn't need money. He's old anyway, but. Yeah, Phil, I mean, I love him. And lots of articles that I've read is like, he's, he's if it's because he doesn't want to be a distraction, first of all, you caused that, so man up and own it. I know you're, you know, people that don't like you would say you're cocky, that you don't own up to your stuff. Just own up to it. Apologize heart and hand. Your fans, your true fans are going to be your true fans. Come defend. Even if you play like crap and you embarrass yourself, who cares, you're 50. Nobody, nobody expected you to win last year. Um, I've heard some things he might go to the new Saudi tour. I've heard some things he might not ever play again, period. I've heard things that he's got some major gambling debts that he's got to pay. I don't even know what to believe. I don't think anybody knows. Jim Nance claims that he's talked to him. Either way, if he did it to not be a distraction, he's just as much of a distraction because everybody's talking about him going into it. I mean, yeah. I just it's only the third major he's missed since, I don't know, I think since he turned pro, unless he missed a cut in one. Like it's a third that he voluntarily missed something like the 2007 or eight open and the 2017 U S open because of family conflicts or whatever. I just, it's, it's not a good look. Um, All things kind of, in my opinion, add up to that. He's going to go to the Saudi tour. He thinks he's proving a point. Yeah. If you want to prove a point by going to play for a a tour ponied up for by a country that has absolutely no um, belief in human rights, I, okay, whatever. That's a PR disaster in my opinion, but we're teeing you up, Phil, even if you are our favorite player. All right, so this week, as we kind of tend to bounce back and forth a little bit here and there between four downs and around the world, um, not as much on the plate to talk about. We got vacation on the brain. So we're going to go, we're going to give you a good four downs. We're going to go four downs um, and first down We've got to talk about Izzo. I know we've talked about it a little bit in the past. We've speculated how long he'll stay. We've speculated who, you know, when he'll retire. We've speculated who maybe we would want for replacements. Let's just put all that back on the table again, Ryan. Because Chris sent me a podcast today. I didn't listen to the to the interviews with Stout on sports. So any old Michigan State people, Lansing people, Tim Stout was like the goat of local Lansing sports. TV and radio for a while. I used to call games for Raycom, you know, pre-Big Ten for basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an interview with Tom. And, I mean, things are just, uh, you know, I've got an article in front of me. It's just, like, things are kind of adding up to what you might be getting towards the end.
1: It's just, right now, it's just the the people on Twitter, the Michigan State fans. I mean, I, you don't read too much of it, but everyone's just like, I don't know, man. Like, this is... Dire straits, like something needs to be done. People are concerned.
0: Yeah, I think the problem is, is what? Hey, look, he's heading into what his twenty eighth season. Yep. he's been to twenty three or twenty three right in NCAA tournaments yep. in a row. Um, and he's looking at the greats around him, his peers stepping, out, stepping out of the game. Out. I mean, Coach K is a little bit older, obviously, but stepping away. Roy Williams stepped away. Jay, Jay Wright a little bit younger, stepped away. And and I would say Izzo is a lot like Jay Wright, especially in the way that they do things and the way they found, you know, the foundation of their programs and really more like three and four year players, not like North Carolina Duke so much with the one and dones. Um, You know, those two schools adopted that and that's totally fine. That's that's their style and it's worked for them. Kentucky too. Um, but Izzo and, and Jay Wright really built and predicated their programs on things like defense and rebounding. The style of the game has changed. Um, you know, even if you just look the last time Izzo made a major adjustment was when Nick Ward got hurt and they inserted Xavier Tillman into the lineup mm-hmm. back in what was that, 2019, 2019 yeah. and Michigan state season turned around that year. They beat Duke. It was their last final four appearance to date. Um, and they went to the pick and roll game, which is what the NBA plays. True centers don't exist anymore. Teams that really rebound don't exist. It's positionless. It's re it's positionless basketball, defensive and rebounding don't matter as much. I mean, yeah, they do matter. Don't get me wrong. I mean, defense still, you got to be a strong defensive team. You can't give up 100 points a game. But Yeah, the college game has changed so much. But, but it's, it, it just isn't the same. I mean, guys are, are wanting to look at Max Christie. He is not, I'm sorry, um, NBA screw you because all you do is fill these kids' heads with you've got potential, so we're going to go after you. We, when the game became uh, we're drafting on potential versus the game became we're drafting on what we can see in front of us, that's when the NBA game changed as well. Um, guys like Max Christie, who, you know, I don't know, you hear conflicting things. His family didn't think he was used right. He led Michigan State in minutes. He averaged nine points some points a game. Like He's probably one of the most trusted freshmen for ISO since probably Bridges, ever. maybe ever. Uh, I don't even remember Gary Harris having quite that much rope, and yet he leaves, and he's scrawny. And, yeah, he's got a stroke, but he didn't fill he the didn't hoop very much shots. last year. Like, I think that's just wearing thin on Izzo. And, and frankly, i was talking to my buddy Dan on text. It's between NIL and the transfer portal and guys leaving early just because, you know, now it used to be they only went because of the guaranteed money in the first round. Now if they can get a two-way contract in the second round, they'll go. Um, it's just, it's changed the game of college basketball, you know, football, I think can weather the storm better because they've had quasi, like we talked about, I think last week, quasi NIL for a while. Um, you know, boosters and wink, wink, hush money, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, kind of the teams that get good and get bad kind of ebb and flow with that a little bit, I would say, but you know, basketball, it's a new world. They're not punishing the guys that deserve to be punished. They're not punishing the programs that deserve to be punished. It makes recruiting that much harder. And and Izzo runs a clean program. He doesn't want to play the game. He's 67. He's been to eight final fours. He's won a national championship. He's won a slew of Big Ten and Big Ten tournament championships. I can't say I blame him. Like, I know Ryan gets pretty up in arms about Michigan State. They're standing still in the portal. They're not doing anything. We lost you know, Marble to Texas A and M, and Christie's gone, and um, Gabe left, and Bingham left, and so that's four key players right there. That's three starters right there. But I, I just, I, I struggle. I I think, and and I'm gonna look this up. It was 7:30. I'm trying to think. The game 7:30 amcom If you want to look it up, Um, and there's an article that goes with it, and then it's just like a podcast type interview or whatever. Um, but, you know, th- and th- this was kind of before the whole Max Christie thing, but he just, you know, he kind of predicted that that was going to happen, and I think he's just getting tired. My personal prediction was Steven Izo is, is not really truly a player. I mean, he's just kind of, he's he's a son getting to enjoy the fruits of his father's labor, and I have zero qualms about that. No, it's not like he's no. stealing playing time. From what we hear, he doesn't even really practice. He just kind of works on drills on the side because he's just a kid, basically. He's got two years left, maybe. I I don't know that Izzo has enough in the cupboard to make another serious national title run in the next two to three years. Maybe he'll surprise us. I think he gets to 30 years, which would be two years from now, and 25 NCAA tournament appearances in a row, which would be two years from now. And I think he rides off in the sunset. And I don't think he's going to make a fanfare about it. I don't think he's going to say I'm going on a farewell tour like Coach K. I think it's going to be you know kind of like Jay Wright did. I think it's going to be kind of quiet. I think he's going to have a successor named. Um, and let's get to that then, Ryan. Who who becomes his successor? I mean, we've <laughs> talked about Drew Valentine, but yeah, I mean, who's legit? Who legit was, comes to mind? If it's three,
1: if I'd say if it's four years down the line, and Drew Valentine is successful, I would love nothing more than for him to be the head coach of Michigan. So he kind of reminds me of Mel Tucker. He's young, energetic. He can recruit. He can relate to the kids. He played fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love him. I, but I don't know. Like Dwayne Stevens, if he's successful at Western, but you hung know.
0: out with Mateen a couple of months ago. Does Mateen want to? Co- I mean, he's not really coaching, no. but does he want to coach? I no, mean, Draymond, Draymond would be sweet, but I don't think he'd. Want I to think he's going to go do you know TV, NBA stuff. Really good at that. Tom maybe, but does he only coaches in high school right now? I, you know, I mean, he's got the passion. and the and no, but... not good.
1: No. But here's
0: the thing too: is you got to find a guy who can relate now because. You know, Izzo's still a hard ass, right? Like he, is. he rides his bigs like rented mules, probably because he's just a little guy. He's a 5'7 midget, as he would call himself, and so he particularly goes after his bigs. I mean, I'm thinking like Paul Davis, he rode a more Dazzle, Costello. I mean, you name it, especially white big guys. He's ridden them like you know, You're ridden them right out of the place. Because of him. Right, right. So like I. I don't know that he's willing to change that and kiss butts because he views, and and I agree with him, he views what he's doing as building men, and the problem is, and you know my take on this, Ryan, in society there are not enough people like that who are truly trying to build men who are making them breaking them down in a in a in a fine way, not you know you might call it mean and oh he's mean and but kiss my ass you know, like not everybody wins a trophy. Not everybody gets the best job. Not everybody gets the best girl. Like you got to fight for what you want. And this whole notion of just gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm tired of that horse shit. And Izzo is too. And so we need more people like Izzo. We need the pendulum to swing back. So we have coaches like Izzo that rides these guys, not because he hates them, but because he loves them and he wants to see them succeed and do more in life than just gimme, 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 take, take, take. Like, I, I, I'm going to miss Izzo when that goes away because that is an era that started with Judd. Judd was the same way. Um, that is going to be completely gone because who's left that's coaches like that? Nobody, yeah, nobody, N- nobody not, in college basketball. Really anybody. And, um, I, it's going to be a sad, sad day for Michigan state. I, I hope that, you know, he can dig deep into his bag of tricks if he's not going to grab anybody else from the portal or whatever, and just develop a couple guys and Michigan state can can win with what they've got. You know, the good news is the Big Ten's gonna, you know, lose quite a few guys to the to the draft or or somewhere other than the Big Ten next year. Um, but yeah, it's it's just things like delaying on who the next assistant is gonna be and who's the name that you're kind of hearing maybe Ryan as a potential
1: uh, Chris Fowler, um, former Michigan State grad, has played at Central. He's at Northern Arizona now as a assistant. Good player development um, can relate. Um, all that good stuff there. But it
0: just makes you wonder, like, with the delays and that kind of stuff, um, I think Izzo's just tired. Like, you, he said in this interview, you know, you can't take vacation anymore. I mean, the guy just is a tireless worker. And the thing is, is when he's not on the court, he is probably the best ambassador, aside from maybe Magic Johnson, Michigan State has ever had. And I think he'll truly stay an ambassador to Michigan State when he leaves. But, like, he's on you know, he come, the now Sean Respert charity classic used to be the Steve Smith. When that comes around here to, to West Michigan and goes to Egypt Valley, he's there. If he doesn't get a chance to play because he's doing something or he's recruiting, he comes in and he makes sure that he hobnobs it at night and he's he's helping auction things off and he's having giving a great speech. Like, it's got to be exhausting. The guy can't even go to his cottage in, at Lake Michigan and hang out with his neighbor, Mark D'Antonio, because he just works himself to the bone and it's just that era of coach is is going by the wayside and it's sad for college basketball it's sad for Michigan State and and I hope that it, it ends on a high note I don't think he leaves Michigan State you know in a bad spot he's not going to leave Michigan State worse than you know than he got it which was you know good not great I would say you know a little bit better than middle of the pack I think he would not want to leave it anywhere but you know, primed for success. I predict two more years. That's all I got. I'll say three.
1: Three. Breaking news, the lottery has been out. The Detroit Pistons, who had a 14% chance of getting the first pick, have the fifth pick in the
0: Uh, draft. Exactly. I predicted. I'm telling you. The, the cards are stacked against Detroit sports team. The Red Wings, I think, had the best chance at the number yeah, one, they and they got, like, number eight, right? Yeah, yep, when like, they could
1: have gotten some amazing prospect. I mean, it's
0: just... That's they lost so, a coin flip. So Detroit fans, you know, and, and even the Lions, they found a way to win, and then who knows, they would have blown it on Hutchinson anyway. I'm not a Lions fan anymore, so it doesn't really matter. But, yay, yay! yay So that's Izzo, you know, it's it's kind of a somber topic. We we really
1: hope that he proves us right. Hey,
0: I hope he stays as long as he wants to. And I, and I hope he has success because I love his style. I like his fire. You know, people who don't like it, who say that he's mean and that he's that get out of my face because you're what's wrong with society. You're the people who, you know, say the stupid stuff that you say about, you know, politicians and other political things and COVID and whatever. And I have, I have no desire to talk to you. Um, you're the people in the reason why America has gone soft and we're a bunch of wusses and we just roll over and let the government print money and give it away to other people while our own people struggle. So, yeah, that's my take on that. And before I politicize it too much, we're going to suck it down, which, as you know, has become our weekly bracket for the summer season. And this year, what a better bracket to do or this week, what a better bracket to do heading into vacation than best beers. Mm. All right, so in the first bracket, the first region, we have vacation beers, and that would be number one seed Corona, or Corona Premier, or Corona Light, or whatever you prefer. Any of the Coronas are a number one seed with a lime, versus number four seed. And I say vacation beer because it's like light enough that you could probably drink a few of them and not, you know, feel like you're going to get wasted on the beach. Michelob Ultra.
1: Uh I'm just talking vacation here. I mean definitely Corona. I like Michelob Ultra though. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean I didn't pick any beers that I don't like, so you know that's how it goes. Alright, so two seed Kona Big Wave Golden Ale. I don't know if you've had that or not. That's a made out of the Maui Brewing Company. Um against number three seed Land Shark, which by the way, there was a hilarious, hilarious very similar to Corona. There was oh. a hilarious TikTok the other day I saw it with some like cross eyed old total redneck. Like the guy gave him a a land shark to try, and he drank like a swig of it. And he spit it out, and he's like, "This tastes like piss." And he threw the whole bottle over his shoulder. It was, it's it was not, hilarious. I like that one. All right, so you're going to go land shark. Yep. I'm going to go uh, the Kona Big Wave. It is gold nail. It is light. It's refreshing, and it is good. All right, so Ryan, we've got um, Corona against land shark for you. Yeah, Corona. Okay. And chart or Corona versus uh, Kona Big Wave, and that's me as well. So we're gonna both send Corona on to the final four. Then you got they will face off the winner of the Summer Beers bracket, which is number one seed Oberon against similar number four seed Blue Moon. Oberon, Michigan classic favorite. I gotta agree with Oberon. Number two seed Lining Kugel Summer Shandy. Against number three seed, it's arguable that it's summer beer, but it's fruity, so I'm gonna go. Uh, the I put it in this category. Number three seed, tangerine space machine, oh, that's tough. which is Saugatuck Brewing Company, no, I think, that's right? New Holland. Oh, New Holland, that's yeah. right, New Holland.
1: Uh, I'll go summer shandy. It's so good.
0: Yeah, but it's it's hard to. I mean, GSM's I'm not uh, a big IPA fan, really but that tangerine space machine is badass and new holland i mean we got some great breweries here in west michigan that's for sure new holland is a is a really good one all right so we both have oberon facing summer shandy
1: uh summer shandy for me
0: and i'm gonna go with oberon um i do like me some oberon especially with a good with a good orange yep um Tasty. the season is extended on it it seems like it used to really come out in like may and now it comes out at i think saint patrick's day all right Next bracket, the Drinker's Choice bracket I called. Number one, Guinness, against number four, Line and Kugel Red. I've never had. You haven't had the red? Oh, that's good. That no, used to be my favorite.
1: I don't really like Guinness either, so I guess I'll just say Guinness. I don't know. I don't really you, like don't, you, you better.
0: It's not that heavy, though. It's got less calories like than most Stouts. normal beers. Oh, that's so good. Number two seed and a tailgate favorite of mine, Woodchuck Cider. Against number three, Stella Artois. Uh, Woodchuck. Oh, yeah, Woodchuck. I think Stella Artois Woodchuck's is, advancing for me. Stella Artois is overrated garbage. It's kind of like Heineken. I think Heineken is overrated garbage as well. I'm going Guinness. Guinness is my chocolate milk. I love Guinness. All right, and final bracket, the Lights. Number one Miller Lite facing off against number four Busha Latte. Oh,
1: it's tough. Miller Lite for sure, but Busha Latte is not bad either. I'm telling you what, Good, like cheap beer.
0: that was that was the go to first keg, pony keg for the Cedar Village apartment there in the small building on the river, um, and then we would go and get the cheap stuff like Milwaukee's Best once everybody was already drunk. Bush Light is an underrated decent beer. So is Natural Light, for that matter. Yeah. Like they're both way better than Bud Light, which doesn't even make my list because that tastes like yeah, Bud Light cow course. urine. All right, number two seed Coors Light against number three seed Labatt Blue Light. Ooh, ooh, that's tough. I got. I'll go Coors. Then Ryan, Miller Miller wins. Ryan's that. gonna go Coors, and I'm gonna go Labatt Blue Light, and Very then I'm gonna go, Miller and we're both gonna go Miller Light. Mm-hmm. Okay, both go Miller Light to the final. So. We have Corona, both of us. Um, you have them facing Summer Shandy. Uh, Summer Shandy. And then I have um, Corona facing Oberon, and I'm going to go with Corona. And then um, I, you have Woodchuck Cider against, for sure. against Miller. Hold on a second. I'm writing this down as we go. And then I've got Guinness against Miller. That's a tough choice. Or I said, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, against Miller. That's a tough choice for me, but Guinness, I got to go Guinness. Um, so then you've got Miller Light against Summer Shandy.
1: Miller Light takes it.
0: Definitely. Nice. And I've got Guinness against Corona, and I got to go with Guinness. All right, so that is the beer bracket. That's the second or third week in a row that we've differed on our choice, but that's right. It's a good thing. That's good. All right, let's move on to third down. And third down this week is. Our Mount Rushmore, which is always in the third spot here, this week to have a little bit of fun with it. I think last week we talked about best college football programs. Uh, best college football jobs. Oh, did we talk about jobs? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna flip it a little bit, and we are gonna talk about the worst teams in college football history. So, let's just say the uh, who would be instead of who's on Mount, uh, Mount Rushmore. It's like Washington roosevelt jefferson and lincoln is that right is it jefferson so.
1: yeah i think so I don't, I
0: don't know well whoever it is it's those four so joe this biden. is this is kind of like joe biden uh andrew johnson um give me two other garfield and, and he was died of, immediately
1: <laughs> william, henry harrison. william
0: henry harrison so this is like the dog meat mount rushmore i guess if you will of college football um We'll just go. We'll just figure out four, and we'll go from there. I think we could probably yeah. land on it. Who Who UConn, would you say first? Awful. UConn. Yeah. They had like
1: two good years. I remember. I think was, Randy Edsel, I met. Yeah, him. Yeah, they were like 2007, 2008. I think yeah. they were pretty good. They might have like, beaten
0: Michigan or came close to. Yeah, beating well, look, yeah, UConn, I mean, they didn't play. Like, they were literally one of the only programs in Division One that didn't play because of COVID. Give me a break. They went 9-4 and four in
1: 2007.
0: You'd rather get people vaxxed up and give them heart issues than let Eight them actually 8-5
1: in 2008. 8-5 in 2009. They had a few good years in a row. 8-5 in 2010. Wow. Rensel had Red, him rolling. Soul, yeah. Then he left. And they were For horrible. Maryland, right? Yep, and they were awful. Right, been awful
0: since. And they've been awful since. Okay, I two is Their new coach. I can't, I can't argue with UConn. I gotta go minus a, a flash in the pan, Kansas.
1: Oh yeah, they had the one good year under a uh, Mangini or Mangini. I mean, they the hired Jabba the
0: Hutt from Notre Dame. Yeah, they had Weiss and then Weiss Les miles,
1: and they had the issues. And... and the thing
0: is, I saw an article a couple weeks ago that they almost got Harbaugh from Stanford before he went to Michigan but they were afraid that he'd leave from Michigan so they didn't go after him kind of wish he would have gone there and stayed and then gone back to the NFL or something but anyway um Kansas just put it in perspective we talked about this on a podcast way last fall they beat Texas last year in overtime and it was the first time they there's only like the third time they'd ever beaten Texas I want to say period yeah. minimally third time in Texas but like maybe the third time ever and it was like their first big 12 win in how many years? Like five years or something oh, yeah. like that? I mean, they just have been... Just disgraceful.
1: Awful. Like, Hey, horrible. 2007,
0: 12-1. Yeah, and that was like... Kansas was really good. Missouri, Missouri was really good. Was great. Rutgers yeah, was they, really good then, I think. Yeah, was Rutgers Chicago. was
1: really good. UConn... UConn was U- good, U- so yeah. Kent was really good. Like, insanely good. West Virginia was insanely mm-hmm. good. Man, that was like the golden years of college football in my lifetime. That Kansas
0: was, just... Uh, absolutely USC was always good. Gee, that thats an example of nil, right? Like, kind of before nil. Like the ba- old... you look at
1: Baylor, zero and eight. Then that year, and then oh, 0, three and nine. And now they're good.
0: Kansas. All right. So give me another one. We got UConn and Kansas. So which okay. basketball program? I'm going to
1: say Indiana. They've been in just awful, an awful, awful. They've at least
0: years. been to some bowl games here and there, though. So yeah, but
1: they haven't done anything.
0: Uh, I mean,
1: I don't think they've done anything.
0: Yeah, and what's another theme there? They're a basketball school, yeah, right? Like,
1: again.
0: I, Yeah, I mean, I guess in the Big Ten, not as much lately, but when I was a kid, it was Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern was a surefire, like, 70-7 to 7 win, no matter what. And they're at least, you know, they're yeah, up and down, I'm but they're at least respectable. I, I have a harder time with Indiana, but I guess I could go with it. I'll it's throw one at you. Better. How about Duke? Yeah, they've been bad. Another basketball program. Duke is... But your
1: boy Cutcliffe had them. They were decent for a few years. They made a few. Cutcliffe, ACC great quarterbacks, coach. Two um, ACC championships.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Duke is another just,
1: terrible program. Iowa State, they're decent now, but fighting Bill Norris's, Yeah,
0: yeah, they. Yeah, Campbell's got them right, but they they would like rise up once in a decade and and be good. Let's go around the. I mean, we got you know. Let's just put all the bad presidents together at once. Let's go kind of around the world SEC wise. Who would be Vanderbilt. Yeah, they've been pretty... Sh- they're pretty bad. Kentucky, not great. Kentucky's not been great, but ben they're... Bear Bryant. <laughs> yeah, the, but I mean, kind of like Indiana, like Isn't they Missouri flash up once in a while. a football program? No, not really. Um, Kansas State? No. Well, Kansas State was really good under Bill Snyder. Oregon but, State? Yeah, they've not... They've historically been pretty bad. You know, in the Big Ten, again, you had Northwestern, you have Indiana... Illinois, yeah, Illinois. I, uh, Illinois has some history, though. So at least, and if we're talking like worst of all time, like one good season every ten to fifteen years, um, you know, and that maybe that was yeah, Indiana. So I'm maybe I think by that um, another bad one. Mm. I I think that probably covered. There's probably plenty of them. You know, let us know. Arizona's, know. Ari- Arizona's had some not okay. more not great years. Yeah, I would say. Um, you know, well, let's see who else in the. Pac-12, and the rest of the Pac-12 is uh, decent, all right. you know, good enough. Cal's but, been, eh. Yeah, I watched, I mean, there's there's teams that are usually, I mean, or it used to be, like, the same like Northwestern in the 80s and, and even the early 90s, 70s, 80s, early 90s, Oregon was awful. And then Phil Knight, you know, donated a bajillion dollars, and they became the place to go because the kids like the swag and whatever. Um, but I feel pretty good with Duke. UConn, Indiana, and Kansas as the four worst college football programs of all time. Yeah, I like it. I mean, when's the last time Indiana's been in the Rose Bowl? So I guess we could talk about that. The 60s, right? Probably. Like, the last time they really truly contended for a Big Ten title was probably in 1987. So yeah, that would be that. All right. Moving on to fourth down, all about golf. We've got a major this week. We played, well, Ryan... Played a great course today, too. So we've got potentially two courses to talk about. We've got our question of the week. We've got our contest update from last week where we had a repeat winner. Um, You know, I think it'll be interesting to see how our guys panned out. We'll PGA preview and and pick our our foursomes for this week instead of our twosomes. So let's jump to it. You want to go course reviews first? first? All right, let's do Arcadia. So I know Ryan played there last year. I did not play Mm -hmm. there last year. If you are not from Michigan, make do yourself a favor. First of all, Michigan has incredible golf courses. Michigan I mean, does; it really does. We're going. We're game. going to play Forest Dunes later this year, which is right up there. Um, I mean, there's some great resort golf. We haven't there's even really downs. ventured into
1: there's... the east side much at all either. For their, I mean, up up. Up toward the Thumb and above that, there's some really good courses. Right, even world. up
0: in the UP at Gray Walls up in Marquette. Walls, I Walls, mean, there's have the
1: Island Sweetwater or whatever that's really good. There's
0: amazing courses, but do yourself a favor because shy of probably Town, it's the best course that I've played and you don't get sick of it. And now is kind of the time to play it um, if you get good weather, which Ryan and I had absolute golfers dream weather. It was 72. It was a whisper of wind. So like five miles an hour or less. Lake Michigan was glass. It was sunny. It was absolutely beautiful. And the nice thing is, is the Heather and all the dunes has not grown up yet. So I don't think I lost a ball all day. I played a great front nine and a horrible back nine. And Ryan did the opposite and played a horrible front nine and a great back nine. Um, it is such an amazing course. The first three holes go out away from the clubhouse, away from the lake. You got three par fives in what, like the first five holes, Ryan? Is that right? Yeah, I think it's one, three, five. Um, you know, just the greens are super undulated. It was really, I mean, some of the greens are a little spotty because it is like mid-May in, in northern Michigan where, hey, it was probably snowing like two weeks ago. Um, but still, the course was firm. It was green. It was in good shape. Um, and it's a little cheaper at this time of year, $160 versus I think it's 300 at full rack rate in the summer. Um, but just such so many, both visually pleasing and visually intimidating holes. Um, I think the best stretch of holes, although they usually kick my butt and they did this time too, they, they were the beginning of my end on the back are 10 and 11, um, you're just like literally driving into this narrow trough on both, ho- both holes. And if you hit it to the right spot, you can kick, kick a hill and go a mile down the hill. And then these enormous sod face bunkers that are like, Oh, 20 feet tall. The single I got paired up with us, um, Harrison, shout out to him. He's a nice dude from Grand Rapids. He and his, his girlfriend who played caddy for him, basically, um, very pleasant to, to hang around with for the day and about on par with Ryan and I nice skill wise, he was in there and he got out and won, which is pretty remarkable because it is like you are, you're in no man's land down there. Man, um, it's brutal. You know, it's almost easier to just take your medicine and go out backwards, but like 10 and 11, 11's a long par five down towards the lake. Uh, unfortunately, some erosion's like kicking into, hopefully it doesn't swallow up the 11th green at some point in time, but um, 12 is a fantastic hole. It's now got two greens, so you it routes different ways. There's kind of a dog leg right or a dog leg left along Lake Michigan. The par threes are all fun; they're different, um, fair lengths because I'm not a big fan of hugely long par threes. I don't know, Ryan. What my favorite hole is number five. It's a yeah, the, dog I leg love left, five. I short actually, par five. That is the crow flies with a great drive. You can get there in two, but there's trouble everywhere. I love everywhere. three
1: too. Just the view of that. Think, I mean, 11's awesome going toward the water. Mm-hmm. 13 is a great par 3. I mean, they're all... I mean, you can't complain about any of them.
0: So many Lake Views. They don't have the bagpipes out yet, but they play the bagpipes in the summer, at night, at sunset. You know,
1: some of those courses, you know, you play those courses, they're kind of gimmicky. You know, some of the holes are. I feel like none of them are like that. They're not like quirky. Like No, they're tough, but they're fair. Overly, fat. you're like, okay, this isn't cool. I mean,
0: there's tiered greens, and, and if you don't hit it to the right spot sometimes on a chip, I had it happen on number 12. I had roll a chip back roll to back me. to my feet three times because... I tried to get cute and get it close, you know, so you just have to play smart golf. But I agree with you, Ryan. It's not gimmicky. Um, the staff is great. The views are great. The food is great. And probably one of my, my favorite things, honestly, I've never had this before this year, but they've got all these Adirondack chairs lined up like yeah, outside the sad. clubhouse overlooking the 18th green because you can see the lake and that's where you can watch the sunset and whatever. And there was a gallery of probably 50, 60 golfers. And you could hear them for the last few holes. You know, they're cheering for people. They're not really booing, but they're like, oh, you know, like giving people a hard time or whatever. Um, And it was a little something different for Ryan. I've played in enough, like, invitational stuff where you just kind of zone it out. But that was a fun way to end. Had a little cheering section. Um, Yeah, just a great time. Never, never ceases to... um, not impress me. I mean, it's just like you roll up and just, you just feel like you're in heaven. It's just absolutely an incredible property. Um, you know, it's a bit of a hope poke to get there from Grand Rapids, you I know, mean, two hours and 10 minutes or so through God's country, but it's a pretty drive. It's a great course. And if you're going to stay up there, you got Arcadia South, which is a great course. So, um, it's a five star course, 100. percent Yep. We'll see how it rates with Four Dunes when we go play there this summer. Cause can't wait for that. My money says minus maybe Lynx and Quarry on Bay Harbor. That's probably second for me right now, behind Arcadia. But it'll be interesting to see how Four Dunes plays out. So, yep. that is Arcadia Bluffs. Um, Ryan, give us a little give us a little lowdown on where you played today, because I've not played but there.
1: Eagle Eye. Um, in, it actually says East Lansing, I think, is what the. Um, must be good but then. yeah uh beautiful course very links there's some trees on um some of the holes on the back and beautiful um long hard course i mean you go off the fairway the rough i mean that you can hardly see your ball it's hard to find them and it's pretty risk-breaking thick um but yeah really fun course to play As the 17th is the the signature tpc sawgrass 17th um, which is pretty cool. Um, they have a, they have some. Really, is it as
0: island as seventeen at Sawgrass? Not as
1: much, I don't think. But it's still. I mean, it's very similar. Right. Um, Small very, green? Pretty. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very similar. I mean, Pete Dye, I think, helped design the holes. So, nice. Um, but other really good par threes as well. Um, very cool. Fun. Fun. Hard. Very hard, and it's it was very windy as well. So.
0: How would you rate it versus? I mean, I'd what say would you compare it to?
1: I don't know. I'd say it's kind of it's like a better version of Hawk's Head that we played last year down in South Haven. Uh, yeah, very. I'd say it's kind of similar to that the the look of it, but I think it's better. It's definitely better. I'd say it's one of the better courses I've probably played in Michigan. To be honest with you, that's a public course.
0: Yeah, and it's got. I mean, the replica 17th, which everybody loves, and you pay seven hundred. Very different. pay seven hundred fifty dollars to basically play that hole and. Port St. Lucie down in Florida versus, I don't think it was $750 for it's you to 95. play. 95, which for weekday rate in May is, tells you that's probably about 150, 160 during the summer at peak rate, but um, I'll have to get down there. Maybe next year you can take me there for my birthday. Um, unless it's out of your price range. Uh, yeah. All right, moving on. Question of the week. Um, I think TikTok for these, there's there's a guy that I just followed as like daily golf debates. Um, and he constantly, posing questions this or that or whatever and that's where i get some of these so a little shout out to that on tiktok um one that he recently did that i that caught my interest um you can have a free round at one of these two courses which one are you choosing and for the sake of this discussion i'm going to say you can get there for free you can stay there for free and you can play one free round there the rest of the trip is on you wherever you go okay pebble beach or st andrews st andrews st
1: andrews
0: yeah st andrews is not that expensive actually not that it should come down to money um i gotta go pebble beach i just i don't know i boy i guess if i plan st andrews around the rest of a a trip or something maybe but i gotta go pebble beach i just i am dying to play pebble beach i have a pebble beach ball marker thanks to a buddy that I used to work with an Amway that gave to me that I use all the time as as big as a hubcap, but um, that just you know, as a thought that oh, you played at Pebble Beach? No, I just have a I just have a souvenir. Cool, so man. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Pebble Beach for me. <clears throat> all right, Ryan, give us a little contest update after last. Yeah, week.
1: both of us not great. Uh, we had both had a guy miss a the cut, then Shuffler got 15th and McNeely got like 28th. So you beat Shafter was tied for fifth at one yeah, point. Yeah, he was doing really well. Which brings us to the second major of the year, the PGA Championship. Let us know. Tweet at us, text us, whatever. Who do you think is going to win this week? Um, yeah, this is going to be fun. Looking forward to Southern Hills. Everyone's raving about it. Um, they just redid it, restored it so it's better than it was before. Every
0: hole is like a little left or a little right off the tee. The so guys a, are, are No straightaway it. drives. The guys are loving it. Trees. And bunkers, trees, some creeks um a couple of not insane par threes like i'm i'm a huge fan of the like amateurable par threes if you will not every 230 yard par three which for ryan and i as a driver half the time um like my old favorite hole at blyfield number 13 230 yards i loved it but i had to take a driver most of the time that's not fun so it'll be fun to watch um it would be interesting because when I I remember U.S. Opens there, I know they've held the PGA there a few times. Tiger actually won it there in 2007. Like, yeah, 2007. Back in the old PGA times of August or in June in the U.S. Open. Like 110 degrees. Humid, hot. The weather, they said, looks good like in the 80s, Thursday, Friday, but windy. Like in the, in the afternoon, very gusty, so dry, firm, fast. So the afternoon groups on, on Thursday and Friday are going to, You know, fortunately, they even it out because the morning plays on Thursday, plays afternoon, Friday, and vice versa. So that will even it out a little bit. But then they're saying high 70s, sunny, um, typical Oklahoma. You know, you're in that kind of tornado alley, if you will. Not that they're going to have tornadoes, but I mean, an afternoon thunderstorm is certainly not out of the equation. But in temperatures in the 70s, it's pretty temperate for this time of the year there. Um, It should be fun. It'll be... Really interesting to see how they talk about or don't talk about Phil. We talked about that, obviously, in our tee-up. I personally think that with him not being there, I mean, it's hard not to acknowledge him because he won it last year. He's the oldest to ever win a major. But I think you open up your broadcast on Thursday and you say, you know, if you haven't heard the news, Phil's not here to defend. We wish he was here. We wish him well. We'll hear from him later and then move on and don't talk about him again. As much as I love Phil, do not make this about guys who aren't there. Uh, I heard of two withdrawals already, Harris English and Paul Casey with injuries. Yep. DeChambeau is borderline still. I can't imagine he's going to play with that, you know, coming off of a broken wrist. He's not going to be ready to play anyway. kepka has been kind of dinged up. Um, that That, to me, I mean, obviously there's guys that have been playing great this year, but that, to me, makes it a pretty wide open field. Yeah,
1: um, I think it's going to be really fun. I watched
0: a little bit of Tiger the other day in a video in a practice round, and he's still pretty gimpy. Like, I think that's going to be his new gait, if you will, like a little bit of gimp to him. But he sure was pure, and he was hitting it well. So can he hold up? I don't know that it's quite as – the terrain is quite as daunting as Augusta. Um, yep. I certainly don't think he's going to contend. But you know that will make it a fun story if he does, Hopefully that's for sure. Yeah. Um, who you got, Foursome? Foursome. So give me um, betting favorite, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, it's one of his favorite courses. He's, he's been playing so great, it's hard to argue with him. Doesn't mean he'll win, but, you know, he's won one major already this year. Uh, give me probably my second favorite golfer this year, Cam Smith. Um, he's playing really well. He hasn't played quite as well since the Masters, but he's got the game for this. Uh, course, give me Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry like has really been playing well in majors. He won the British a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic. Um, he's kind of tailor-made with a good approach game, and, and he's good on the greens, um, and he's pretty accurate off the tee. And you, in this course, you have to be accurate because, like I said, a lot of them are dog leg left, dog leg right. So you got to be smart off the tee, and then for my last one, I guess I wouldn't call him a long shot, but I like the way he plays too, Daniel Berger.
1: Yeah, like it. Yeah, my guys. I'm gonna go Spieth. He's playing really well. um, One about a month ago in South Carolina played well this weekend. Mm -hmm. This past weekend. Roy McElroy, he's looking for another major. He's also playing pretty well. So I heard um, he put
0: on ten pounds, including some fat, for some reason. I didn't read the story on why, but that's funny. Um,
1: then I got JT. I think that his mm-hmm. game suits this course well. Mm-hmm. And then Shawfly, another guy that's been playing pretty well um, lately. Men like, I think who like wh- who's your what are you going to go with winning score? I'm going to say Shawfly is going to win at thirteen under par. That's my
0: Shawfly at thirteen.
1: Yeah. That's my guess. I'm going
0: to go Scheffler to get his second major of the year, and I'm going to go, I think there's going to be, the wind is going to keep the scores a little higher on the first couple of days. I'm going to go nine under. Okay, Scheffler at nine under. That'd be my pick. Like it. So we will be back in two weeks to discuss this, and then boom, I think the memorials right then, and then... The U.S. Open is, I mean, every all this great stuff is coming up. So rubbing our hands to together in. as golf fans for sure. All right, moving out of the four-down territory and into our sprint. We talked a little bit of NBA before, so these two are going to be kind of familiar. But let's go uh, first free throw line and back, Heat or Celtics?
1: Uh, Celtics.
0: And I'm going to also go with the Celtics. I think they're battle-tested. The Heat have had an easy road so far. I think that'll go seven games and the Celtics will win. Uh half court and back Mavs or Warriors. Warriors. Yep, I gotta go back. Warriors too. Um, although Luka's playing unbelievable. He he matched he
1: is playing he game. matched
0: the Suns first half output himself in game seven. where they were up forty six at some point in time. I mean, talk about like a game seven flop. Now, you know, Chris Paul's a great player, but clearly getting up there in age, and man, the Suns took it on the chin and they got booed big time on their own home court after that, so we both agree Warriors. Um, far free throw line and back, will Tiger make the cut this weekend? Yes,
1: I think he's going to get top 25 out. I think he's going to be off at the, like heading into Sunday, he's going to be like outside of it, then he's going to play really well, and
0: people are going to be like, oh, he's going to win the U.S. Open. I think he'll make the cut too. Um I think he'll probably fade a little bit on the weekend because I think he still is not in great shape. He's It's only the second time he's played in a tournament since Augusta. But, you know, I mean, hey, it's Tiger. Stranger things have happened. He's won there. Um, I don't think he'll win, but, man, if he's in contention on Sunday, it'll be every bit as if not more exciting than last year when Phil was looking to win that cue. All right, and spot number four, or full court and back, what are you most looking forward to on this vacation? The, the beach, beach, the pool, the food. The beach. The beach. i got to say the beach, too, in our little invented uh, golf game. Yep. Even if it's cloudy, it'll be 80. There will be a beer in hand. There will be no work. The only reason a phone will be around is for music. It'll just get a break to get away. Um Great routine, get up in the morning, go for a walk on the beach, come back, eat breakfast, have coffee, chill out outside, sit outside most of the day, go have a great dinner, watch a little TV, rinse, wash, wash, rinse, repeat. Mm -hmm. So looking forward to it. So we will see you on the back end of that. Uh, Ryan, give us a little bit of close up from the social media perspective.
1: 35. follow it, press the like button on that Apple podcast, Spotify, whatever, give us a rating, give us a comment, whatever you want to do
0: um appreciate you guys listening we'll see you in two weeks chris you're great about pumping us content so keep doing that and other people texas let us know jg you still need to get back to ryan and let him let him know when we can take you out to uh mini golf for your prize i mean saskatoon (laughs) for your prize for one of the march madness contests there is an expiration date on it so if you don't get after him uh, you snooze, you lose. And no, second place doesn't get to go. I don't even know who was in second place. but Probably. Oh, cause. it was me, actually. No, and ours, I think, well, it was me. I'm not me. taking you anywhere. So. You already did, you I cheap did, ass. Man. All right. Shout out to Team Anders Realtors, our presenting sponsor. Great neighbors. Great company. If you have real estate needs in West Michigan, look them up. Jim, Donna, Tim, etc. Teamanders.com. In the meantime, in honor of spot two bracket this week, As Homer Simpson, perhaps the most famous beer drinker of all time, once said, A woman is like beer. They look good, they smell good, and you'd step over your own mother just to get one.